Good morning, basketball fans. Welcome to this week's edition of the Small College Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cottrell. With more than 10 years of NCAA Division I and Division II men's basketball coaching experience, with relationships in college basketball across the nation and across all levels. Every week I work to bring you the only podcast with news, scores, highlights, and insight from men's basketball at the NCAA Division II, NCAA Division III, NAIA, NCCAA, and the USCAA levels. Combined, these levels of college basketball beyond Division I account for nearly 1,200 small colleges and universities across the country. We are here to celebrate their basketball programs, players, coaches, and history together. The Small College Basketball Podcast is a production of smallcollegebasketball.com and founder John McCarthy on a mission to unite all people with a passion for small college basketball. In today's episode, I sit down with head coach Delano Thomas of the reigning NAIA national champion, Shawnee State University. Last season, Shawnee State started out 4-2, and two, but rattled off 27 straight wins on their way to the NAIA National Championship. Coach Thomas has been at the helm of Shawnee State for four seasons. He has amassed an overall record of 80-46, including last year's 31-2 championship season. Today, Coach Thomas and I discuss the progress his program has made in his first four years, what it takes to become a national champion, what it was like to bring a national championship home to his alma mater. Lots of great nuggets in here for players, coaches, and fans to learn what it's like and what it takes to compete at the highest levels of small college basketball. Shawnee State tips off their season Tuesday, October 26. Definitely a fun team to watch across NAIA. But first, let's look around the country at small college basketball, taking five headlines from each of the five divisions beyond NCAA Division I. In NCAA Division II basketball, guru and writer for NCAA.com, Wayne Cavati, released his Division II men's basketball Power 10. Not surprisingly, Northwest Missouri State, with Coach Ben McCollum, ranked preseason number one. You can listen to uh, Coach McCollum on the podcast in a previous episode, last week's episode. So Northwest Missouri State, number one, followed by Flagler, number two, West Texas A&M, Colorado Mesa, and Hillsdale rounding out the top five. Nova Southeastern, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, Queens and Coach Bart Lundy, Truman State, and Stack, St. Thomas Aquinas round out Wayne Cavati's preseason power top 10. We do look forward to having Wayne out of the podcast soon. Always a great interview, always well prepared, always exciting to talk Division II basketball. Games tipping off November 5th, 11 days away from Monday, October 25th. So very excited for the start of the NCAA Division II men's basketball season. NCAA Division III news, head coach Bill Fennin of DePaul University retiring at the end of this year. Fennin has been at uh, DePaul since 1992, and this will be his 30th season. After 29 years of DePaul, coach is 469 and 282. His overall record stands at 576 wins, and 351 losses in 36 seasons as a head coach. Fenland enters the season ranked fifth among active Division III coaches in victories. More highlights, more headlines to come from Division III basketball uh, as rankings 
and new stories will come out this week. Programs tipping off their seasons on November 5th. Shifting gears to NAIA men's basketball, five storylines from the National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics. And first, I would encourage all interested listeners to check out NAIAHoopsReport.com. They have an incredible daily and weekly content. Just last week, they released their preseason national championship contenders. Top five contenders for the NAIA national championship, Carroll College, Jamestown in North Dakota, Loyola of New Orleans, SAGU, Southwestern Assemblies of God University, and number five, St. Francis in Indiana. Please visit NAIHoopsReport.com for more teams and more preseason previews. With games underway this week, Doan University dropped 123 points in their opener. They held Union College of Nebraska to 38 points, 16 points each half. Quite a defensive effort from Doan. Doan College led by Jackson Hare, 14 points. They placed seven players in double digits. They are 2-0 after this week. Over the weekend, we're going to start with the University of Jamestown in uh, North Dakota. Preseason All-American Mason Walters had 33 points, nine rebounds, and the opening win for Jamestown over Dickinson State Friday night. We had a game winner on Friday night, William Penn in overtime. Got a game winner at the buzzer. William Penn defeated uh, Dort. Q Cager sent the game into overtime for William Penn. And Kamari Newman hit the game winner in overtime from the top of the key. Newman finished with 20 points, including five three-pointers. Josh Watkins finished with 24 points for William Penn. One of the season's teams to watch, Loyola of New Orleans opened their season with a 134-56 victory on Saturday over North American University. Uh, Loyola set a school record for the margin of victory, 78 points. Finally, one of the feel-good stories from NAIA basketball is the University of the Virgin Islands announcing the first annual University of the Virgin Islands Classic, the UVI Classic, to be held November 3rd through 5th. And this is going to feature four historically black colleges and universities, including the host UVI, Arkansas Baptist College, Hudson, Tilson University, Warner University, and Wilberforce University. Games are going to be streamed live on the HBCU Digital Network. For more information on the UVI Classic and the HBCU Digital Network, please visit hbcudigitalnetwork.com. In the National Christian College Athletic Association, the NCCAA, Hastings moved to 2-0 on the season this week, and in the process, they got 31 points from Carson Gainsbaum, who made seven threes. He had six made threes in the first half. He finished with uh, 11, uh, shooting 11 from 16 from the field, so big night uh, for uh, Hastings and Carson Gainsbaum. Mid-American Christian got 32 points from Isaiah Hammonds. He was 12-14 from the field en route to their 108-48 win over Ozark Christian. And finally, a couple of notable small college basketball alumni, Kyle Mangus, former NAIA uh, All-American and recipient of the Bevo Francis Award from Indiana Wesleyan University, and former D3 Hoops National Player of the Year, Nate West from La Torino University. They combined together for 67 points on Saturday night playing for professional team USK Prague in the Czechoslovakian League. Really incredible performances from two small college basketball alumni. There you have it. 
five storylines from the five divisions beyond NCAA Division I basketball. Please enjoy today's episode with head coach Delano Thomas. And now it is my pleasure to welcome to the Small College Basketball Podcast head coach of the 2021 NAIA National Champions, Shawnee State University, Coach Delano Thomas. Coach, congratulations on a great year last year, and we are excited to have you on the Small College Basketball Podcast today. Oh, great to be here. Thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, great to be a part of Small Basketball. Uh, I appreciate everything you guys do uh, for our level and, and just by bringing recognition and, and love to our game. No, it's, a, it's our pleasure, John, and I are excited to have you. One of our goals was to interview all of the reigning champion head coaches from each level. So uh, it, it, it's great to have you on today. And uh, NIA Coach of the Year last year, again, terrific season. But you took over at Shawnee State four years ago, had two mm-hmm. years of pretty consistent improvement. And I want to go back a little bit. After two years of consistent improvement, you made a really big jump in year three, finished 21-11. and 11. You were headed to the NAIA National Tournament. Um, what was it like for you as a first-time head coach and at the, at the NAIA level and taking over that program for Coach Jeff Hamilton? What was it like? What was that process to improvement like for Shawnee State? Um, it, was, it was growth. You know, if I could sum it all up in, in, in one word, um, it was a lot of growth that had to happen uh, with the program when I took it over. Um, you know, we, we were basically a team that um, was a game where people would play and they would know the outcome already for the most part. Um, they would look at Shawnee State as a team they're just going to win against. Um, but taking over a program and becoming a, a first-time head coach, um, you know, it's, it's one where you might start thinking it's about X's and O's and you get so excited about uh, the recruitment process and bringing guys in and how they're going to impact you basketball-wise. But, you know, it's that's not what it's about. You know, it's, it's really about those relationships you got to build with your, your guys, um, with your staff, and that takes some time. Um, you know, and then when you play into the Mid-South where every team on that men's side is is a juggernaut type of team where and they have a lot of history of winning, a lot of history of – uh, being in, in close games. And, you know, for us, we had to battle through that adversity a little bit. Um, started off really strong that first year, which was great. Um, but at the same time, it was tested for us uh, by how close we were as a team. So we had to grow. Um, I had to grow as a coach. My staff had to grow. Um, and, and that was kind of like the process for that first two years. We just couldn't get over the hump. And then that third year, was able to bring in Coach Lynn, um, and, and bring in Coach Jack. And those two guys really elevated me um, as a coach and really helped me to be better and challenge me every day. Um, at the same time, we brought in some guys that year that, that really helped us um, be a little bit more veteran. Um, and then we just kind of built off of that that year of, of just trying to come together but try to take it one game at a time. And it, and it worked out for us. And you know, it's just great to have a staff that um, really like the idea of, of we can win. You know, we can win right now. We can we can really build this thing up, and that's what we've been doing. 
And and talk about coach when you finish twenty one and eleven, you're headed mm-hmm. to the national tournament. What was the moment like when you found out your season was canceled due to COVID? What were those conversations like with the players? There had to be some raw emotion. Yeah, let's let's talk about the moment first on just making it to the national tournament <laughs> uh, because that was we're watching a selection show. Um, we're we're down here at BW threes in, in Portsmouth watching a selection show and not knowing if we were going to be called. Um, so when our name was called just to be able to make it, you know, we were excited as a program. We had just, you know, made history for something that hadn't been done before. I, I couldn't get it done as a player when I played here at Shawnee State. Um, but to be a part of that as a coach and just to see um, the emotion, that raw emotion that all the guys had, that was that was amazing. And then – you know, you, you look at four or five days later as we're preparing, we're kind of penciling out what each each coach needs to do on our preparation. And, and we go from, you know, excitement to tears because we got to tell these guys that uh, ultimately I think we had six seniors at that time that that was the end of their collegiate career. Uh, so that was, that was difficult. That was a difficult time, um, difficult just – uh, those next three months, I think it was, to where we're just in the house, um, but we're recruiting. We constantly w- was working. Uh, Coach Jack, Coach Lynn, like those guys did a tremendous job on not taking one day off. Um, and we started building up the team for, for this year. Um, and it was a, a odd, odd type of recruitment. Can't bring anybody on campus. Um, we're basically doing everything virtually. Um, you know, but building relationships with, with the student athletes who were recruiting um, at the same time with their families and, you know, being able to see them the first time when school started was was another just weird feeling of, of not what it's like, but this is kind of where we're at right now. So, um, you know, we was able to bring in the guys that we wanted and got the team uh, to really gel early. And that was that was great to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as you talk about that transition into, you know, 2021, mm-hmm. you're coming into that year with two All-Americans returning, Kyrie Elder and EJ Onu. Um, I hope I said that right. Was that OK? Yeah. Yeah. EJ Onu. OK. So you're coming to 2021 with two All-Americans back, obviously a new recruiting class who had not been to campus, like you mentioned. What were the expectations like after 21 and 11 coming into last year? Um, I mean, we recruited with the mindset we wanted to win a championship, Um, but we knew it started in conference. You know, that's big to say you want to just win a national championship, Um, but that is something we talked about. But we knew the Mid-South would prepare us for that. If we were able to be successful in the Mid-South, we knew that would open up doors for us um, to make it to the national tournament again and possibly win it. Um, But, you know, the Mid-South and and being able to do what we were able to do, um, it was really about the guys. They were so together. Uh, The staff did a great job every day on creating a bubble for ourselves when you didn't have um, um, students here. You you basically just had student athletes here on campus. We we created a small bubble. Um, Guys were able to stay safe um, at the same time. You know, we, we had to go through a couple losses to to understand what we wanted to do um, and get guys to fully buy into that of how important it was for us to take it one game at a time, one possession at a time. But 
understand we had to be a little bit tougher. We had to be more unselfish in order for us to to reach those goals. And just being able to win that regular season in Mid-South was, was, was a great moment for us. Um, and it kind of carried us over to the, the um, Mid-South tournament. Um, we were actually able to be successful. And then when you have guys like EJ Onu and James Jones and, um, you know, Amir Gilmore and Miles Thomas, of you might look at those guys as being our leading scorers, but uh, so, so many people just had a, a great moment for us. And that's, that kind of showed our togetherness um, when it wasn't just about scoring. You know, guys were, were hungry to rebound, hungry to defend. Um, and we, we did a lot of things together. So that allowed us to be successful. And, and, and having been on that side of it, you go through moments where you realize maybe you, maybe, you know, you're talking about a national championship, but maybe mm-hmm. you really can do it. Was there ever a moment for you and that team, maybe where the assistants and, and the staff went back into the office after a practice or after a game and said, hey, you know what, like that's the moment we were looking for? Because now we really can win a national champ. Like we talked about it, but like this moment, this circumstance, this adversity, like we can win a national championship. Was there ever a moment like that for you and your staff? I think it was day one, you know, just on our recruitment side. I'm sure everybody in this moment right now is is kind of thinking they have an opportunity, but the the chances of of winning a national championship or even just winning a game is is difficult at this level. Um, but you you have to be, uh, I would say, honest with yourself of your assessment of your team um, to where you have to really realize what has to happen for you to get uh, to those goals. And for us, we knew the basketball side, we had a lot of guys that could, could play um, individually and do some different stuff. But coming together was, was the biggest part from day one on just getting those guys to see like, hey, we do have a chance to win this. So it wasn't necessarily like a, a practice or anything like that. It was more or less getting guys to see the light at the end of, end of the tunnel um, and just having, you know, the confidence that we could do it. Um, and once they were able to start seeing it with the, some of the success we had, whether it was a big win or, you know, a, a bad loss, you know, it kind of opened their eyes up to like, okay, this is what we have to do right here. Um, but as a coach, you know, we wanted to stay steady and we stay steady on even on a tough practice, tough day where guys didn't want to bring it that day because it wasn't all great practices and, and, and great games. It was, it was a lot of ups and downs uh, throughout that year. Um, but we stayed consistent on our goal. We talked about it every day. Uh, we made sure that they understood this is what we really believe. Um, and then they started to believe it and they started to see it. Um, and then they started to play like it. And, and that's where it, uh, you know, all came together. And you talked about your goal of winning a national championship. Mm-hmm. Was there extra motivation, extra incentive? Was was it discussed among the team and among the staff? Like, hey, this is what happened last year. Our season was canceled. We're riding high. We're 21 and 11. Did that mindset enter your discussion for this year's goal? Uh, definitely. I mean, definitely it did. But I think when you have a staff that had – never won it before, um, you know, or even really been to a national tournament to have a game. You know, we thought about that every single day. We talked about it every day of, you know, people not believing that we could get it done. So for us, 
you know, as a staff, number one, um, being a player here at Shawnee State before and wasn't able to make it to a national tournament, that always stayed in my head. Coach Lynn was at uh, Cumberland, Tennessee, um, and those guys were unable to get it done. Then you look at us both on, on the coaching side where he coached at Cumberland, Tennessee, and couldn't get it done to make it to a national tournament. And Shawnee State at that time when I was an assistant and a head coach, it was the same. We couldn't get it done. Um, and both programs were looked upon as a game that you're supposed to win by your other opponents. And then we start off my my tenure of, of you know, basically being a mediocre team. Um, you know, that sticks with you. That sticks with you every day. Even after winning it right now, we still have that hunger because that's what we've been through. Um, but it's – but the point of it is we, we, we get each player because you're getting transfers, you're getting high school kids that might be overlooked. Um, the idea is to get them to, to understand as well. Um, you got to use everything you've been through. Um, but understand it's not about you and why you went through it. Um, but you had to go through those, those ups and downs of, of what you went through in your life to then have that ultimate success of winning the championship. You can't forget that stuff. So, that stuff kind of fueled us and allowed us to uh, stay hungry in that moment and, and continue just to to want something that was, you know, really something you, you can't really uh, believe that it's going to happen fully because it doesn't happen every day. What is it, six championships, six champions a year or something like that? Yeah. And all of, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's when you're able to bring that all together, uh, you can have your great practices, you can have your – you know, the, the right players that you feel like you can have all this talent, but it's everybody having that same common goal, everybody being ready for that moment um, and really believing in it, that will give you a chance. And then just some other stuff really has to go your way for it really to all come together. Absolutely. There's a, there's a huge combination of preparation, mm -hmm. work, luck, I mean, things have to fall the right way in a, in a number of ways to win a national championship. And so mm -hmm. you talked about your recruiting, NAI recruiting a little bit different. You mentioned transfers and you mentioned yep. high school players who might have been overlooked. Mm -hmm. as, as you recruited last year, the NAIA passed legislation similar to the NCAA that would uh, grant all student athletes a free year, essentially, um, yeah. you know, where where. 2020 and into 2021 did not count against their eligibility. So how did that impact, you know, how did that impact this year's recruiting class and, and what's it done for you entering this season? Uh, I mean, first, when you, when you feel like, okay, we're going to, we, we won a national championship. You think that uh, the recruiting doors is just going to be wide open for, for every player you want. Uh, but at the same time, you still, are hit with you are at the NAI level um, because a lot of people get that mis misconception about what NAI basketball is uh, where you, you might have a student athlete feel like they can't even get a scholarship at this level. Um, so you got to kind of educate them on that. Um, then you got to educate them on this level is, is, is a hard level to play at. It's a lot of, a lot of good basketball players. Um, it's a lot of great coaches. Um, so then when you get to the recruiting side, you know, the Mid-South is, is really great at recruiting. And I think for us as coaches and the staff, uh, we had to self-analyze and, and kind of sit back and, and look at how, how the top teams have been doing it. How do they recruit? 
um, you know, and, and watching that these guys go after high level kids, you know, that that kind of fit their mode as a coach and their mode as a, as a team and what they're looking for. And, you know, we tried to start recruiting the same way. And when you look at high school kids, you want to get high school kids at this level that can come in and play right away. Um, that's where your EJ on news uh, come in. Um, because if you get a high school kid that's, that's not mentally ready, um, he's not going to be able to play. Because a lot of times you have grown, grown man body type guys where they might transfer in. A high school kid might not be ready for that uh, physically, but mentally, if he's tapped in to understand his confidence in his game and his ability, um, you know, to to play, it can really impact early. Uh, so for us, we kind of kind of studied uh, just more on on the recruitment side of of how do you go after these transfers, um, you know, and doing that in a different way. Um, our way of doing it is not to bad recruit any any other schools or anything like that, but honestly, just to build a relationship because a lot of these student athletes, that's really what they want. Uh, they might bounce around uh, from school to school or, or, or that, but they want to be understood. They want to be heard, but they want a relationship more than just uh, about basketball. And ultimately, that's what you get with, with Shawnee State. You get coaches that really uh, care for you on and off the floor that's trying to help you to build positive habits so that when you finish playing, you're able to then compete for a job or able to stay with a job because you have that type of attitude and that type of uh, balance within your life now. You know, I love hearing about the relationship development aspect of it. I think that's so Mm -hmm. important in recruiting. Had a chance to interview uh, Ben McCollum you know, uh, previously in the podcast. And, and he talked about the same thing, you know, developing your players for beyond either Northwest Missouri State or Shawnee State or wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to do the same thing in high schools, get them prepared for the next step in life. And so you talked about recruiting guys who are mentally prepared. Part of that has to be managing expectations for this upcoming season, you know, 2021, 2022, you know, you're coming off the national championship. How do you deal with those expectations? How do you manage them uh, with with a new roster? I think that's the great part of, of being a coach. You know, and that that kind of keeps you keeps you going. Um, even though we um, had a chance to win it last year, you got to remain humble in this moment. Um, you know, we're we're still a program that has won the championship, but we we're not a program that has. Um, done it consistently year after year of, of being there. Um, so when you you have an opportunity, uh, before COVID, we had an opportunity to go down to Indiana Wesleyan and, and play in their summer league and get a chance to talk to Coach T of, of how those guys had so much success and what, they, what they've been able to do. Um, and just find staffs that are trying to do it the right way, staffs that really pour into their guys and and try to pick up what they're doing. Um, so, I mean, this year it's the same. We're, we're still studying your, um, um, you know, your Northwest, Northwestern State, like what those guys are able to do, um, like just just watching everybody. Um, but at the same time for us, it's taking one day at a time again. Like we're, we're back at square one, even though we won a championship last year, um, that we have to understand that as a program. So when you got guys that were able to win every game last year, because we had some guys come in at the break, um, getting those guys to understand we could easily go the other way. 
if we don't handle this the right way. Of now we can't sneak up on nobody. Everybody knows that Shiny State is going to be a team that you have to be ready to play for um, and play against. So now we just have to do it different where we remain humble, remain hungry, but stick to our habits that they got us to where we were this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I love, again, the humility, trying to prepare for each year uh, and its own. We always just talk about it at Lincoln Memorial. Like, you know, if we, we win in the national tournament or we win the, the league championship, what are you going to do, retire? Like you're not going to – you're going to go back and try to do it again. You know, you got to start from square one. You don't retire uh, mm-hmm. off a win. So I, I love that mentality. And, and you've mentioned quite a bit throughout the interview so far today, the NAIA, like your Mid-South Conference – for those yeah. who don't know, possibly the strongest conference in NAIA men's basketball. You go back, the last nine NAIA national champions yeah. has been a member of, uh, uh, of the Mid- Mid-South Conference. Five of those championships have come from Mid-South, five out of nine. Five mm-hmm. out of the last nine have been Mid-South Conference. Pikeville, Union, Kentucky, Georgetown twice – and now Shawnee State. Talk a little bit about the quality of basketball players, coaches in your league. I think it starts with the uh, universities, the colleges, um, and then it goes to to their staffs um, as far as the coaches. I think they all do a great job recruiting, great job with their preparation. Like those guys really, um, you know, love to coach, love, love, to, love to win, so, and they expect to win. So, you know, you're, you're going into to those programs where you're expected to win, you're, you're used to winning, um, you know, they have that rich history, and they're able to recruit, you know, really quality kids who, again, need that opportunity um, at the same time um, are ready. So in the Mid-South, you, you don't get a, a day off when you, when you play. Um, and it's hard to win on the road, and it's hard to win just a game period. So... Every time you're able to win one, you gotta you gotta celebrate it, but at the same time try to understand what what made it work. Um, the Mid South is really about toughness. You gotta be a tough team. You gotta be a together team. Um, that Thursday, Saturday, and you might even have a game on on Monday. Uh, your body's not gonna be there, but your mind your, it has to be there. Your, the the detail that kind of your staff that poured into you is important. Um, so for us, we, we love to be able to, to watch, you know, every, every team in the mid South and, and study for ourselves to try to get better. Um, but you know, it's other leagues out there in the NAI level. That's really good as well. Um, but I just know that for us this past year and what you just talked about, the mid South does prepare you for that national tournament just based on, you know, the quality programs that you have, the, the top-level programs. So if you are able to make it uh, out of the Mid-South and, and get to the national tournament, you have a chance to, to win a national championship just based on the type of schedule that you have within the Mid-South. Right. And, and, and as I said, I stumbled over it, but five of the last nine NAIA national champions have come from your league. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's an incredible statistic. That's – you know, that, that speaks to the quality of play, the quality of coaching. And, and as we talk about coaching, the beauty of the small college basketball podcast, like John McCarthy and I are trying to shine a light on the players and programs 
many basketball fans aren't familiar with. And you've, you've talked quite a bit about your staff and how they challenged you over the last year or two. Talk, tell, talk a little bit about your staff. What have they done to improve you? How have they improved your program? You know, small college basketball assistant coaches, very thankless job. And mm-hmm. uh, having been there, you know, a lot of hours, not a ton of money, but, but it's rewarding. So talk about your staff and how they've helped to challenge you and improve your program. Oh, uh, man, we, we, gonna, we got enough time for that. It's going to go. <laughs> We're going to talk for a while. But, no, when it, when it comes to especially for our staff, um, you know, just even this year we have Coach Lynn, Coach Jack, um, Coach Mark Brown is joining us this year, uh, Coach Dre, Coach uh, Patrick. Um, you, know, you know, some of those guys and your Coach Patrick, Coach Mark Brown, like they're doing it virtually right now, um, just based on we don't have the um, the funds to be able to pay them, and this be a way to provide for their family. Um, but they give they give the effort as if they are on full time um, for for this for the staff and for the for the team. So when you you get guys like that who are overqualified to be doing what they're doing for us. Um, but they still want to help and not be here every day, but they want to be, um, you know, that goes a long way. And then you add someone like uh, Coach Price, who's been here, uh, who's a former player um, that, that now is kind of helping as a mentor. You know, that, that helps out a lot um, for, for the guys to see somebody younger, their age. Um, and then you have someone in Coach Jack who works as a teacher. You know, he comes down when he can. Uh, after work, um, but when you when he's here, you feel his energy, you feel you feel his experience. Like he's he's been coaching longer than I've been alive. So to have that that type of guy around you, uh, you want to just hear him talk more and more every day. Um, and he's somebody that's always going to be honest with you. So uh, when you want to get better, like I said myself, I want to get better as a coach and continue to learn it. When you have somebody like that around you, you're only going to grow. Um, you know, and then. Um, he he just has such a, a great uh, relationship with God that 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 kind of pours into you as well, um, getting that that faith base um, that you need, um, you know, and that that truly helps. And then somebody like Coach Lynn, that, that's my right hand guy right there. Um, you know, it, it might be me as the the head coach as a title, but we run it together. You know, that was that was the point of how we wanted to have it. Um, he's one of the talented coaches in, in, in the country at any level, uh, just based on that. He puts a lot of time into it. Like he, he's a different type of coach. He's a rare breed of, of somebody that's going to study film, somebody that's going to also have a great relationship uh, with his players, somebody that um, you can actually talk to that doesn't feel like he's, he's right every time. Like, um, you know, but he wants to get better. So when you have a bunch of coaches that that are kind of rolled into that, um, then you have myself that 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 wants to get better as well, and that is is hungry to to not be outworked, uh, whether that be from from the staff or from anybody else in the country. Like you have a bunch of passionate guys, man. So it becomes fun, you know. And the only part that is 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 the hard part is understanding that I can't provide for my whole staff, and that's the the upsetting part about being in, uh, you know, small time basketball when it comes to college basketball like that, 
because we we put in probably the most work, but get paid the least. Uh, so that's something. So that, true. So that's something that is just a, not a shiny state thing. I'm sure it's other programs as well, yep. but that's something that you know fuels us to want to be better. But at the same time, all the 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 time and effort we get to put in with our guys and getting to do the administration stuff, even though you might not want to do that um, at the small level, but you get to learn so much um, through it all. So, you know, hopefully that kind of prepares you for whatever is next to come. So, you know, definitely just uh, really appreciative of of the people that I have around me. And, And as you talk about your staff and how they challenge you, how they make your program better, you had a pretty special moment when you were mm-hmm. able to win that national championship as an alumni of Shawnee State. You know, what was it like to, to do that for your, for your institution with your history there? What was that yeah. feeling like, you know, first when you took the floor to coach as the game is starting for the national championship? And then when you're coming back to campus, what's it like to be an alumni who just led your program to a national championship? How, what was that feeling like for you? I mean, start off first with just – just having that national tournament game, um, you know, as a staff, we were ready. Like we, we were ready for that moment since we had made it to the national tournament last year and not having the chance to do it to preparing all year for, for that moment on having the chance to, to go out winning your last game. Um, that was our goal. So, you know, when you get to that, that stage, like you got to just kind of embrace it um, because it goes by real fast. Um, that game is like super quick, so you you want to you want to make sure that you have done all your work throughout that year. That kind of uh, at that point, the coaching side it's not it's not really much you need to do but manage that game. Um, so we we did a great job managing it, um, just based on our preparation and just being ready for that moment. Because you play against the Lewis and Clark team at that time. Honestly, you need over a week or two to prepare for them, but you have less than 24 hours to try to get together a game plan, um, you know, for a great program and a great team. So, you know, we 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 just made sure that uh, made sure that we were mentally understanding again why we were there, um, and we we never lost that feeling. So I think that's what kind of kept us there. Um, in that moment to be successful. Yeah, 31-2, and two, national championship, bringing the trophy back to your alma mater. Had to be an incredible feeling. And, uh, and, and Let coach, me speak on that yeah. just a little bit more. Yeah, please. Because um, I didn't fully answer your question. But uh, the thing with the, being an alumni here, um, you know, that means I have other alumni that I play with, other alumni that follow the program. Um, and those guys – we're right in that same boat as me as a player to where we might've had good teams here or there, um, but it was never good enough to make it to a national tournament or to, to win a championship. Um, so, you know, a lot of times those guys were kind of riding with us to win, but at the same time, they were like, ah, I don't know if we're going to win it. They didn't have that, that full confidence in us. So, you know, that was kind of, kind of motivation in itself. Not that it was a bad thing that alumni couldn't, didn't believe it, but that's that's just, you know, the, the, the mindset that has been, you know, at Shawnee State for men's basketball. So, you know, I, I joke around with those guys because I know how excited and nervous they were as alumni to see us get to that point. 
Um, but at the same time, they was just like, we never seen it done before. Um, so for me to, to be able to get it done um, as, as somebody that was here and played here at, at my alma mater, uh, you know, it's an amazing feeling. It still hasn't sank in what we were able to do yet because we're still in it. I think once, you know, I stopped coaching and, and, and I'm done with that, I'll sit back and think about it more. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's an exciting moment to be able to do that for your program and for the town of Portsmouth and Shawnee State, just based on the, the, the feeling that it gave students to come here to Shawnee State after that. Uh, people in the community just excited uh, to have something like that for the youth. I think that's probably been the biggest thing that I've noticed. That's awesome. You know, such a great feeling, such an incredible season last year. Obviously, you're going to chase it again this season coming up. And, Coach, I want to respect your time. I know it's a very busy time of year. I want to get to our final question uh, yeah. of the Small College Basketball Podcast. You've been able to make the big time where you are at at Shawnee state. And that's a cliche among small college basketball, you know, high school basketball, make the big time where you're at. So taking that into consideration, all your success, all you've gone through as a player and a coach, what does small college basketball, what is that platform? What is that opportunity? What does that mean to you? It means a lot, you know, um, just to, just to have, um, small time basketball, you know, just uh, small college basketball, excuse me, uh, give us support, you know, has, has been tremendous. And you even have um, uh, like NAI report, they do a great job as well on just, just providing information, uh, providing uh, this opportunity for so many people to, to learn more about NAI basketball or, you know, small D2s or anything like that, um, you know, that that is tremendous. It's something that we look at every day. Uh, I get on Twitter and see what's been put out, um, you know, and a lot of times um, it kind of fueled us this past year um, because we didn't get so much coverage um, from a lot of people when it came to, to different outlets. Uh, so anytime that we we seen that it wasn't a lot of coverage on us. We use it as motivation, but at the same time, when we did get some coverage, uh, it was very appreciative that that you seen your name there and you seen people talking um, about our program and what we're trying to do. So, you know, just to have that because I didn't have it when I was in school. We didn't have it when I first started coaching. Um, you know, about eight years ago, it wasn't it wasn't there like that. Uh, being on the mainstream with people. Honestly, putting that out every day, it's, it's been great to see. So, you know, I appreciate all the work that you guys do uh, for for everybody that we're able to have that outlet and that that uh, that position to be able to go look at what teams are doing something special, what teams are adding this player, that player, that coach. Like, it's, it's been tremendous to have that. Um, and, you know, just, just for all the coaches that are out there and they're – grinding and they're working but they're feel like sometimes they're not being seen man like like I think that's what it's about that you guys have been able to um, give us that that um, you know that outlet that resource to really help us no that's 
That's exactly the point is to promote your program, to shine a light on some of these teams and players and coaches that many people may not be familiar with. So, so that's why we do it. And it's been a pleasure to have you on today, coach, obviously best of luck. Yeah. Best of luck going forward. You'll, uh, you'll certainly be be on our radar as you chase a a back-to-back NAIA national championship coach Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me on the small college basketball podcast. We look forward to following you very soon. I appreciate you, Chris, and good luck this year as well as you as you coach this year, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's Small College Basketball Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like and subscribe for weekly episodes and interviews devoted to the incredible programs, players, coaches, and history of small college basketball. Please leave a review if you enjoyed listening to this episode and use the links attached to this episode to share the Small College Basketball Podcast. The Small College Basketball Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast episodes. You can follow the Small College Basketball Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Please visit our website, www.smallcollegebasketball.com.